Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective for Time to Pay the Rent this Tuesday episode on Right Spokane Perspective because it's time to pay the rent. We've got some listeners out there that have helped support the show and that's how we pay the bills and folks out there that work jobs or they have government subsidies that helps them pay their rent. It's a good chance that their rent is going up because we're going to talk about rent control. We're going to talk about rental registry programs and all sorts of things that our state government and our local city is cooking up for those people that are renting. Before we go there, we're going to do some inspiration first because uh, we need some prayer over this house. We're going to talk about fleeing from turkeys. Two wild turkeys stood in the country lane ahead. How close could I get, I wondered. I slowed my jog to a walk, then stopped. It worked. The turkeys walked toward me and kept coming. In seconds, their heads were bobbing at my waist, then behind me. How sharp were those beaks? I ran away. They waddled after me before giving up the chase. How quickly the tables had turned. The hunted had become the hunter when the turkeys seized the initiative. Foolishly, I had wondered if they were too dumb to be scared. I wasn't about to be carelessly wounded by a bird, so I fled from the turkeys. David didn't seem dangerous, so Goliath taunted him to come near. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David flipped the script when he seized the initiative. He ran towards Goliath, not because he was foolish, but because he had confidence in God. He shouted, this very day, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Goliath was puzzled by this aggressive boy. What's going on? He must have thought. Then it hit him right between the eyes. It's natural for small animals to run from people and shepherds to avoid giants. It's natural for us to hide from our problems. Why settle for natural? Is there a God in Israel? Then in his power, run towards the fight. Father, whenever we're afraid, remind us that your spirit is with us. Help us run towards the fight with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we always need to run towards that fight, and we're always battling here and encouraging our listeners to run towards the fight. And it's not where you're standing in front of the giant oftentimes unless you're willing to go testify directly to your city council or your state government. A lot of times it's just commenting. It's using your voice, using your citizenship to stand in the gap for others and yourself. And so we've got state laws that we're going to talk about today and some stuff that the city government has already done. But first, there is transparency transformational truth educational conference coming up it's their fourth annual bringing truth to light they are meeting with path of life and this is an organization that is local here in spokane if you want info on this you need to contact info at pathoflifespokane.org 509-444-9035 again this is bringing truth to light a transformational truth educational conference it is uh, march 10th and 11th friday 6 p.m to 9 p.m and saturday 8 a.m to 3 p.m they're gonna have coffee and scones and worship at 8 a.m to 8 45 a.m it's at fourth memorial church 2000 north standard spokane washington there is a registration fee 60 dollars per person to reserve a seat 25 student rate so again that's march 10th and 11th for more information 509-444-9035 
info at pathoflifespokane.org. Okay, with that announcement out of the way, we got to jump into city council government. Of course, it's been in the headlines over the last week, and it's taken me a little bit of time to figure out what the government's doing, to kind of look at the, the full scope of this, because I'm looking at not just what city government does. Of course, we've got a newspaper article here to talk about the city council, but we're also going to be bringing in some state action on the same issue because these policies that government makes and regulatory things that get put into place, they might do them in a vacuum and act like that it's just a one piece, we're just doing this, but there's all sorts of other things that affect the same issue. And this, this is on every issue, not just being a landlord or a renter. So the city took action. The state legislature's in session, so they are talking about lots of different kinds of legislation, and they have a number of pieces of legislation that deal with what they call rental reforms property registration program. Let's look at the city councils first. So the city council okayed two rental reform measures, and I'm just going to read a little bit out of the Spokesman Review article here, and then we'll talk about it. After months of debate, the Spokane City Council has passed a bevy of controversial rental reforms to provide greater protections for tenants and increase enforcement of some substandard housing. Now, that's an interesting point to me because they already have laws written. They already have ordinances that are in place, zoning practices in place to deal with housing that is not livable, that's not inhabitable. The the government can already step in. So what they did on Monday, they instead of just having one ordinance, and this is right out of the article, at the last minute, the reform package was split into two with one ordinance that had unanimous support and another opposed by council's more conservative members. So they split it into two the last moment. And if there was any wording changes, then they kind of violated the legislative procedure where there's multiple hearings where the public... Public meetings act also, actually, because nobody got to comment on the brand new split piece of legislation. Right, exactly. If their wording was exact and they just split it into two, I could see them getting away with that and it not being a violation of the Public Meetings Act. But if there was any language in there that was not seen by the public, then they violated the Public Meetings Act and they put an ordinance into place that was not put out to the public before they voted on it because they just split it last minute. Ordinance 36330 focused on a registry of rentals in Spokane and it increased enforcement of substandard rental units. So that that was unanimously supported. In my personal opinion, these rental registries just open up to... Well, you know, in in the world of the Second Amendment, people that say that, well, if there's a gun registry, that just leads to what, do you know what they say, Shannon? If there's a gun registry, that it just leads to confiscation. Confiscation. So I'm kind of wondering if that's where they're going with with the housing. So it says the compromise ordinance also clarifies existing but rarely enforced requirement that landlords have business licenses. In addition of paying licensing fees, landlords will have to pay $15 per rental unit with some exceptions. I want to hold on. I want to talk about confiscation for just a moment. If we remember back, there was a council member by the name of Kate Burke who very vehemently said that the government, the city government should own the property under your house. It was okay for you to own your house, 
oh, we take up too much space, but it was okay for you to own your house. But the government should own the land under the house. I remember that in a meeting that we had at the Northeast Community Center, I believe it was. There is a group on the left that believes that the government should own all the housing. At this point in time, they're not talking about the government controlling all the housing 100%. What they want to do is contract to their friends in the nonprofit world to operate all the rental housing. And it kind of goes to that whole thing from the World Economic Forum that says, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. And that's where- It starts death by a thousand paper cuts. Here we go. Death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Because the landlords, it's not hospitable to be in the business of providing housing for people because of crime, because of the lack of code enforcement. Because if you are a landlord and your tenant is trashing your your property- and refuses to leave, the city government doesn't do anything about the the individuals that have caused the problem. They go after the landlord. Yep. So that's already in place. So now we have these new things. So now there's a registry that that, that they're putting together, and there's a lot of other things in these codes. You have to pay a, a $15 fee, have to get a business license. For some people, paying for a, a state business license, city, a city business license, it's hundreds of dollars. Maybe you have to get a separate insurance because now you're a business, not just a property owner. It's not just property insurance. You're looking at possibly business insurance too, I suppose. So there's a, a lot in here. So it says the additional revenues will be used to help fund at least three extra code enforcement positions specifically to inspect rental housing. Fees collected by- bureaucracy, you mean? That's right. Well, so basically what they're doing with these fees is they are building a bureaucracy around housing. Now we know that the government has struggled with housing because it was the low-income housing consortium that actually was trying to get into the housing I think that was actually somewhat of an effort by um, former council president uh, Ben Stuckert. But what they ended up doing was they told the landlords, look, we can't manage these properties. It's the city government doesn't act fast enough. We don't have the resources to actually effectively manage properties. So we know that government is really ineffective at doing things like that and being really responsive. Like if there's a plumbing leak, a landlord can just have a contractor that, okay, you, you go do this. And the, there isn't the allocation process that government has when the private sector. Yep. In addition, the Spokane Office of Civil Rights is now authorized to hire a housing ombudsman who can help both landlords and tenants. Okay. So now you've got the city of civil rights, commission, right? The city's got a a civil office of civil rights, office of civil rights. Now this was an office that was just set up recently. I think it was last year, the year before they've had a lot of trouble finding someone to head that office. I think there was an article not too long ago about them struggling to find people to fill the positions for that office. So now they're going to have an ombudsman, which is going to be a forced mediator, basically that the landlords, regardless of what they need to do with their property. If they had a bad tenant, then the tenants can use a government system to cause even more trouble with the landlord with this, these new requirements. So civil rights, you got city ombudsman that now landlords are going to have to face when dealing with 
tenant issues on top of all the other stuff they already had to deal with that was already in city code as a property owner. Now they're also going to have not just the registry program, but they're going to have inspectors coming in to inspect. And so you can have renters that trash a place and then want the landlord to come in and fix it when the landlord wants to evict the person because they trashed it. Instead, the inspectors are going to be able to come in and say, no, 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 you got to fix it. And you have to pay for the renters to go ahead and stay in a hotel until it is fixed. Well, there's those kinds of requirements that could be forced on landlords. There's all sorts of stuff that's in here and we haven't even gotten to the state law stuff yet. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to come right back with more on government says affordable housing. It always gets less affordable. We'll be right back. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. We sincerely thank Mike Fagan for 12 years of dedication to our listeners and guests of the Right Spokane Perspective. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. It's time to pay the rent this Tuesday. And I hope there's a place that we can pay the rent too, because a lot of landlords are going to end up selling over the kinds of restrictions that we're going to be talking about. Every time the government says they're going to help people, they end up hurting us. And I know that there's some comments like that in this article. There is. This is a quote out of the the Renner's article in the spokesman review. It says, one of the big things I wanted to avoid as much as possible was any direct fees to tenants. This is a quote from Michael Cathcart that he gave them in the interview. Affordability is the first and loudest thing I heard from tenants. Well, you've got city government that obviously it's expensive to own property. It's expensive to maintain property. And you've got all of the, the governmental costs of having a property, property taxes. If, you know, a lot of these folks, if they have one or two rental units, they have to pay rental income tax on these things. And so there's a lot of cost. When tenants move out and they've trashed the place, there is no money for the landlord. They're, they're trying to talk about money for the tenants being to relocate. They want the landlords to pay to relocate tenants because there's an uninhabitable building. That's the next section. It says, this ordinance also sets aside funds to support tenants who need to relocate because of uninhabitable living conditions and to mitigate damages to landlords caused by a resident receiving rental support from a government or nonprofit. So let me put this into perspective. So we have renters that are receiving help from government or nonprofit supports that create damages to rental properties. So the taxpayers are paying for a portion of their rent because we give to nonprofits or it comes out of our taxes for the governmental agencies and the governmental supports. Yeah, and now there's going to be even more hurdles for the taxpayers because, you know, we're going to have to pay for th- this enforcement, the program that they're coming up with isn't going to pay for itself. So the city taxpayer is going to pay for more positions for government to go after landlords. And of course, there are some bad landlords out there, but what they did, and, and government seems to continually do this in blue states in blue cities where they create this broad legislation when if you want to stop gun violence on your streets 
from criminals that aren't supposed to have guns. Do something about the criminals. More gun laws is not going to solve it, obviously. If you want to do something about bad landlords that are out there, do something about the bad landlords that are out there. Don't sit there and create a giant bureaucracy, a whole bunch of costs, which is going to cost people. People's rents are going to have to go up. You got hundreds of dollars of costs just in business licensing fees that every landlord, whether they own a few or more, whatever it is, they're going to have to pay these fees. They're not going to eat all the fees and then look forward to eating more fees because now they're going to have to fight city bureaucracy when they have bad tenants. It's going to be extra cost. Exactly. So they're going to have to pass that cost on to, to the tenants. Because the money's got to come from somewhere. Right. So rents are going to go up because city government wants to supposedly solve a problem with a few bad landlords. Well, now they're going to cause a problem for all landlords and all tenants because those costs are going to go to someone and it's going to be the tenant and maybe the landlord, maybe to the point where people don't want to be landlords. And so they end up with more slumlords. Yeah. So another quote out of the same article was also by Councilman Cathcart. I've heard that we likely need millions of dollars in a mitigation fund, not $60,000, he says. So I fear that creates a false promise that we're going to have this mitigation fund that is probably just going to address three to seven units. So this mitigation fund is actually the mitigation fund for landlords to deal with tenants that have trashed the place, right? That's what it appears to be. And so, yeah, that's not going to happen. But the landlords will have to pay all the fees into this system and they're not going to get any results. But there are things for, you know, government to grow. And I, I just don't see there that there's a good benefit in there for the taxpayers, for the tenants. I just see government growing and being more expensive. More expensive. Um, in a Monday night news release, Mayor Nadine Woodward reiterated her support for the ordinance supported by Cathcourt and Bingle and her opposition for the broader reforms passed by the left-leaning council supermajority. She argued that the new portable background check and other regulations could hurt the city's already insufficient affordable housing supply. While I appreciate that some give and take occurred, the risk is still very real that the new regulations imposed on landlords will harm the very tenants it is intended to help, she wrote. Let's jump to the state level because the state level's got all sorts of things going on. So the city's talking about a registry program. So is the state in Senate Bill 5060. They're talking about a bill creating and maintenance of a website that tracks and discloses statewide rental and vacant housing unit inventory in real time. Yes, government doing something in real time. I don't see that happening very effectively. Have to report monthly rental rate data also. And so there is a requirement of a registration of $70 so per unit. So this just seems like deja vu. Everything that we're reading about that they're doing with landlords and tenants really does mirror how they created the agency for child care licensing. Well, there's a lot of stuff that it's basically the takeover model. These All these things, you regulate people out of prosperity, basically. You create a situation that's so difficult for the free market system for people to handle, then government can come in and and help when government's the one that created the problem. So I've got a bunch of these to go through. So this one here is basically the same as the city one in the sense that they're creating a, a basically a statewide 
housing registry registry oh wow right just like they did with child cares yes, they did just like they want to do with guns and a rating it's system all about to it, come right is a that rating in there system. somewhere well I haven't, I haven't seen a rating system but okay. it, i wouldn't be surprised but so there's going to be a cost to, to be on this registry thing every uh basically they have to report their monthly rental rates whether they're vacant rental property owners must register all rental and vacant units Think about some of these larger landlords out there that have lots of units. They're going to be increasing people's rates. If they have to pay a $70 fee and a $15 fee for each additional unit, and they have to report to the Department of Commerce every two years, but they also have to report if there's any change in that housing or the rent on a monthly basis. So, In addition to reporting to the city of Spokane and paying all the fees in the city as well. Well, and I think what's interesting is I, I believe what will it happen is, it, and, it, and they've already put it into legislation in some of the wording because this is not just an effort because there's a problem in Spokane for affordable housing. This is a universal Marxist takeover of the free market system, whether it's childcare, whether it's housing, every industry that governments where it can when it's providing human services or housing or care, that kind of thing, government, the government unions are wedging their the camel's nose under the tent. This is Senate Bill 5060, and it looks like that they're really just going to create this uh, this whole thing about nuisance issues on properties. They're going to provide, it looks like, legal representation in eviction cases. To assist in inspections, that's going to cost us a lot in tax dollars. Well, wow. yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in here. It says a housing unit owned, operated, and managed by a major educational medical institution within a city population of at least I think it's saying seventy thousand require landlords to obtain business licenses, and the city has a registry program. They can work through that program. But, of course, this is just the state law. So once they put the state law into place, a lot of this wording can be interpreted by whatever agencies like Department of Commerce and other agencies can interpret this law. And then from the statute, from the RCW, Revised Codes of Washington, they create the Washington Administrative Code. So that Washington Administrative Code will take a couple of page bill or a couple of paragraph bill and turn it into 20 or 30 pages of regulations and the steps in which the bureaucracy will be enforcing these things. So there, there's some interesting stuff there, but that's so not all. Guess. They're, they're going to start off with probably 50 pages of regulations. Oh, no. Well, hold on. And then we in don't five know that. years, it'll go to 190. Yeah, that's what happened in child care to us. Yeah. But that's, that's of course, not all. There's also... There's more. There's always more. So Senate Bill 5435 basically is imposing rent control. You know, as, as obviously if it's going to work in conjunction with some of these other bills where you have to report the rental rates, but they're talking about all sorts of different things to control the cost of rent, which if you get government involved to that extent where they're in between the landlord and the tenant for negotiations, they could cause all sorts of different problems because what if uh, you create a new parking spot or covered parking for your tenant and you want to raise the rent? 
to cover her and your tenant's like, yeah, I just got a nice car. Yeah, I'd love to have my car out of the weather or undercover. But now I'm so a bad landlord because I raised the rent because I covered his car with the new parking right. garage. Right. So there, there's all sorts of barriers and restrictions when government gets involved. And they're basically saying that uh, in this rental control thing that it prohibits a landlord from increasing rent more than the rate of inflation, CPI, or 3%, whichever is greater, up to a maximum or 7% above existing rent. We've seen inflation in the last couple of years go way over that. So most people that want to go out and buy a house, we've talked to some people we know very close to our family. Can't buy a house. Can't buy a we house. Can't afford a house. to house. We couldn't buy our house. Yeah, we couldn't afford to buy our own house right now because of the, the price of housing because it's been going up astronomically. And so, of course, rents are going to go up with those things. And a lot of landlords looking at this stuff, they're not going to invest in more rental housing if they face these kinds of restrictions, which means people that can't afford to buy a house, don't have the credit, don't have the down payment, can't get the loans, then they're going to face increased costs because of government bureaucracy, but they're also going to face more uh, limits on their options of rental properties because a lot of landlords are not going to be investing in more rental properties. Well, if history repeats itself, we're going to start off with just a ballpark. This is not a correct number. We're going to start off with about 5,000 landlords that have properties that are providing housing for Washington residents. And in 10 years, we're going to be down to 360 left in the state and the government will own the property under the homes and the tenants will be renting from the government. Just like you were talking about earlier. That's Just right. Just like with childcare. Well, and the, the government. Oh, and by the way, that program, that governmental program that helps people with their rents. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be for everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody will be in government housing. What a wonderful world that'll look like. That means all of our. Oh, thank you. It just means all of our drivers will have potholes right? There'll be leaks everywhere. So there's a lot of uh, different laws. We're not going to have time to, to cover them all today, but there is a uh, rent control one. Another one that, uh, it, that really a piece of that uh, Senate bill 5435 that jumps out at me is it authorizes the attorney general to, and then it lists some things. Sue the landlords. Yeah. Is that what it does? Uh, yes, basically. Oh, well, I mean, wow. it's the attorney general. Wow. So he, the attorney general, we, we think that the attorney, attorney general is supposed to actually look out for our well-being, but it's not. It's actually to defend the state's actions in creating the bureaucracy and enforcing the wax and regulations and the codes yeah, and going after that are the, made by the municipalities. And going after the law-abiding landowner, right? Correct. Well, basically they're saying if a rent increase will result in the displacement of a tenant, you know, they could actually go after the, the, landlord. the landlord. Well, if the landlord says, wait a minute, you guys just raised all my taxes because of inflation and the cost of housing went up because you guys are restricting building of more housing. More people are moving here and you're subsidizing more and more units with government subsidies. That means that there's going to be lack of housing. You're talking about supply and demand curves and you got a landlord that says, wait a minute, I'm losing money on this property ownership thing, I have to raise the rent. And of course that will displace my tenant who at the end of their contract with me is going to have to move. But that's where the government wants to be is right in the middle of your contracts because they want to put forward 
pieces of legislation that force you to stay in contract with a tenant, whether you want to or not. Well, that's okay, because pretty soon they're going to send around some mentors that will start helping landlords go ahead and do the rest of their policies and procedures that they're going to have to have. And then they're going to say, well, we want to look at your financials. Let's really look at all your expenses for these. Well, and that's, that is what they're going to be doing. They're going to be jumping in the middle of, of people's business between the tenant and the landlord, between their agreements. And I don't know if they can look at their personal finances, but landlords are going to have to in the cases of of property management issues where tenants' rents are going up or tenants are complaining about something. Maybe they trash the place and they want all the flooring replaced. Well, the landlord's looking at the cost of that. So then they got to raise the rent because it's not the landlord's fault that they got a dog that just happened to like chewing on flooring, right? That, that, that stuff happens. So there's another bill, Senate Bill 5197. Basically, it's a bill to make it harder for landlords to evict. And maybe there's landlords out there that are bad in evictions. I remember when we were renting we a one. house many years ago, it was a small issue over like $60 or something. And we got an eviction notice. And that was a local, I won't name them, but they're still a property manager oh, here in Spokane. Yeah. So there are some bad property management companies, but don't, don't rent their house. Rent the house from the mom and pop landlord that own a a couple or a couple dozen properties. They make it affordable because they want long-term tenants. But these laws get in the way of all of the landlords. I don't see that they're exempting the mom and pops. I think that they're just going to be growing government bureaucracy that we need government to grow. So that's your state government. That's your city government to look like it's helping while getting further in the way. But we're out of time for today. So it's time to pay the rent this Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.